Hi, I'm Eleanor Primo, and this is my creative project for Geography 241, People, Place, and Society. So the questions I would like to be answering in this project is how has the coronavirus affected those who are most vulnerable in our society in comparison to those who are privileged? I would also like to extend that question because um, the further that I researched coronavirus and impact it had and discourse, one of the biggest discourses I had found was how the coronavirus is also going to be affecting those who are either Asian Canadian or Asian American. Um, the specific example I found was for Asian Americans. Um, if you've been watching the news a lot, which I'm sure all of us have been when we're trying to look and see what's going on around the world since we're contained within our own homes, um, I'm sure you have seen um, a story of Donald Trump calling the coronavirus a Chinese virus um, during his addresses towards the Americans or the American community country however you shall want to call it yeah so the trump has been calling the coronavirus the chinese virus and the issue with that is that that is a discourse it is a coherent rational body of speech or writing as hall um, has expressed it is a production of knowledge and language it is a way to try to get the general public to deem the coronavirus as something being innately Chinese or or innately directed towards the Asian community. Um, this could be powerful because it could normalize the idea that it's okay to be racist or xenophobic towards Asian communities. Um, and it's interesting that it's coming from a president who governs a country that preaches multiculturalism and the idea of being a melting pot and calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus is enabling people to feel as if they are better than Chinese communities or Asian communities and the misnaming of the virus is as I just said is encouraging racism and xenophobia um, but as the Washington Post article that I had found had pointed out is that this isn't something that's new. The want to be racist or xenophobic towards the Asian communities, this isn't something that's new. Um, an example to this is the callback to the 1800s when Chinese immigrants were involved in the gold rush and building rural, sorry, railroads, and that it led to claims that Chinese American immigrants were stealing jobs from white men and this is in the discourse um, or within the context of the discourse of the West and the rest and how there's a feeling that the West is superior to others and it's interesting to think the West and the rest as an idea in this time and age during coronavirus because the COVID-19 isn't something that's exclusive towards Asian communities. It's not something that only Asian people can get. It's something that it's 
affecting the human body itself. So to claim it as the Chinese virus is extremely troubling to think of, especially coming from a political leader with a platform to reach everyone to make it feel like it's okay when it's not. Asian Americans are already feeling as if they're in diaspora because of the previous moments in Western histories that targeted them as being diseased and being like as if they're stealing. Um, so that's one of the main discourses that I have kind of looked at and looked upon during my research. And that one was just very daunting for me to read. Um, but another thing I would like to point to another community, one that is extremely vulnerable, is the homeless community. And homelessness and the idea of home. So first, I would like to read out um, the definition of home as it is given to us in um, in class. So home is an emotive place and spatial imaginary that encompasses lived experiences of everyday domestic life alongside a wider sense of being and belonging in the world. Now that definition in relation towards homelessness and homeless communities is that the idea of where you belong in the world and the idea of domestic life is harder to grasp it's not as easy as grasping a nuclear family where you have mom dad or parents working and children and all this because you're alone especially in this harder times and one article that I would like to point to is an article by Wired and it's written by Emma Gray Ellis entitled, For Homeless People, COVID-19 is Horror on Top of Horror. One of the first things in this article that's pointed out is that already it is difficult for the homeless community to find basic necessities and basic resources. And the COVID-19 outbreak is just depleting resources for them. The example that they use is that the fear that there's no access to toilets or toilet paper as people in shelters um, are people, sorry, people are scared to go to shelters um, because there's a fear that if you're not properly spaced from each other, you don't want to catch COVID-19 and alongside the fear of having to pay for health care since it's not accessible to them or clearly as accessible to someone who is privileged enough to be under health care or insurance, um, paying out of pocket is difficult, especially in a time where people are getting laid off, people aren't walking around the street. So it's, it's much more difficult for homeless communities to panhandle and their own resource is taking away. Um, soup kitchens are also being closed and food um and or out of food and out of workers with shelters and soup kitchens running out of food and out of workers um in order to help and care 
and give resources to those who need it most in our communities. It's taking away what little power homeless communities may have and may feel, especially within a time where a lot of people want to be home and want to stay home in order to feel safe and vulnerable. I think it's important to realize that that is not the case for a large amount of people and that we need to look away from the reality from what we from our own reality sorry stutter for a second so i think that speaks to the patriarchal and heteronormative notions of home um as we've talked about in class on how they rely on binaries of public and private space and they're based on hetero gender norms and gender binaries so breaking that down you need to look at sub-communities like the homeless um, as well as indigenous populations where resources already are are scarce um, or even for people where home isn't an ideal place to be. Um, I've been spending a lot of time on TikTok, which is an app where there's just one minute quick videos people are posting. And I've seen college students bawling and crying their eyes out because they have to go back home because it's such a daunting place to go back to. I've stated this before um, in tutorials um, and I've heard other people say it as well. It's not completely just me, just out of my brain. But home is something that's dynamic. Home is not something that is static. Home will constantly changing. You're not always going to be in your parents' home forever. You get to create your own home. You get to choose eventually where it leads. Um, I know for me personally, a lot of my high school years, I felt as if my high school choir room was more home than my actual home. So it's things like these that are affecting vulnerable The way that home is being looked at through the media is it's being looked at in the eye of the patriarchy. Um, and patriarchy is defined by bell hooks as a political social system that insists that cis males are inherently dominating and endowed with the right to dominate and rule over the weak and to maintain that dominance through various forms of psychological terrorism and violence. Now, terrorism and violence is pretty extreme in this case. Um, however, it is being looked at through a patriarchal heteronormative um, notion of home that is relying on binaries of public and private space. Uh, one of these, um, one of the ideas can be looked at through the CDC saying that everyone must stay home. Stay home is one of the biggest things, if not the biggest things, that has been preached to everyone since the beginning of the coronavirus and since the beginning of COVID-19. It's unsettling and it's unrealistic for people who are homeless or people who are experiencing domestic violence. Now the issue of it being 
targeted towards patriarchal and heteronormative notions of home is that in the beginning of the coronavirus, um, the response from the government hasn't been exactly targeted towards homelessness um, and um, acts of domestic violence or gender biased violence violence sorry um, until Canada had announced on April 4th um, support to those experiencing homelessness and women fleeing gender biased violence during the coronavirus so what they're doing is they're be providing funding um, a hundred fifty seven point five million to address the needs of Canadians experiencing homelessness through the Reaching Home program and $40 million to be given to Women and Gender Equality Canada. Um, some of the issues I find with this is it's hard to put a price on an entire population. It's difficult to put a price on how much they're worth giving. But when you're governing a country, it's need it's need to be done. And I noticed while watching the news that this this announcement to help support those experiencing homelessness and fleeing gender biased based or gender based violence, sorry, um, during the coronavirus, it wasn't released until people were starting to make noise about it, until people were starting to advocate for it. And I feel like that says a lot about our country. Um, for a country that preaches multiculturalism and inclusiveness, um, to have to put this out after it being preached and it being pushed for instead of just doing it or just not letting it like slip their mind... I feel like that says something about Canada and its current state and the things that we need to work on as a country because the coronavirus, it's not creating new disparities. It's not creating a a bigger social gap than there already is. It may be, but what I'm trying to say is that it's just highlighting the already big social gap and between like the rich and the poor um an example of this i brought it up previously is basic things like testing and how it's troubling to see an entire nba team get tested but not it not being available to people who need tests or another example would be heidi klum tweeting out that she needed to test and less than a day later she her getting it when a personal experience that I've discovered this in is one of my best friends her mom works at a senior's home in which there are four confirmed cases of COVID-19 and she's considered an essential worker but because she doesn't she didn't show symptoms right away of COVID-19 she wasn't able to get a test it's things like that that are frustrating to look at in these times and it makes you think of the discourses that are taking place and that we're living in um, and it shows who's more important to the our Canadian government versus who's not 
and it's troubling and I feel like it relates to ideas of West and the rest um, and discourse because of the power that the government has and where, how they're applying it, how they're using it um, in times like this. It's really showing Canadian citizens where loyalty or um, priority lies. Um, and then another question that I wanted to answer in my proposal was, how has the coronavirus made me rethink the concept of home and place? For me personally, home does fall under a nuclear family. Um, it does fall under the patriarchy and settler colonialism. But it also falls under what we had read um, in class with women bearing the difficulties of the coronavirus, um, of the recession, sorry, um, during the coronavirus or COVID-19, um, and how women are going to be affected. I'd like to point to the article by Moira Whiten. Um, how women will bear the brunt of this pandemic and how Whiten speaks on how women will be the ones to feel the pressure of the recession due to them being the majority of frontline workers um, in the forms of nurses and also service workers. Um, personally, um, I'm someone whose mother is affected by the recession. Uh, she is a service worker. She works um, and she had to... S- she had to make a difficult decision um, in an attempt to keep the family unit safe. Uh, she did, in March, come back from the Philippines. Luckily, she came back um, before things started to get really bad and countries were closing borders. Um, however, she wanted to keep the family unit safe, but she was unable... Sorry... She wants to stop working in an attempt to keep the family unit safe. However, she's unable to because of a need to provide for us, like her family. So during the time of COVID-19, I feel like we can start to see all the capitalism that's happening and how hard people are falling during this recession. Um, the amount of people who are getting laid off is, is crazy to me. I'm personally one person who got laid off. Um, but also, I just think of the people who are facing this extremely difficult time alone. And that's when I think of um, the other article we read about how social distancing and isolation is extremely difficult as well for people who live alone. Um, I personally know someone who lives alone. Um, she's an older woman. She doesn't have any family or friends, or sorry, not friends. She just doesn't have any family. Um, and the inability for her to apply for a CRB because of the restriction of having to make $5,000 Um, had limited her ability to access government resources. 
So to think of that in relation to um, the homeless population who also is making less than $5,000 and is unable to obtain CERB and this additional support, it's like they have to go through a middleman through shelters and it's as if they kind of have to prove themselves as worthy as gaining resources. So, in answer to the question on how the coronavirus has affected those who are most vulnerable in our society in comparison to those that are privileged, I think that it's difficult to answer, but to put it simply, they are facing discourses that have been provided by the government and by the CDC and the World Health Organization by the statement to simply stay home. They're also being victims of people taking away like the little power they already have by taking away simple resources or simple necessities to them, such as the need to go to the bathroom or the need to sleep and be safe in a time where everyone is extremely vulnerable and everyone is scared um, and living in fear. Um, and then also by the privileged, um, my example would be Donald Trump and how he is putting out discourses and how he is saying it's okay to discriminate and be xenophobic or racist towards Asian American communities. Um, it's all those things that are my answer to how has the coronavirus affected those who are most vulnerable in our society in comparison to those who are privileged. So that brings us to the end of my podcast and the creative project. I would just like to say thank you um, for a good class and a good semester, even though it ended kind of rocky. Um, and I hope to bump into you in the future and take another course with you. So yeah, thanks for listening. Bye.